The Collective Whisper Podcast with Simon King. Okay, welcome to Collective Whisper, Gets to Know. And this week on the show, we have um, Mr. Owen Finnegan. And Owen is all the way from Dua in Ackle Island via Hoboken, New Jersey. Owen has been living in New York for over 20 years now and runs a successful bar in Hoboken named Finnegan's. Today, Owen joins me from New Jersey via a virtual link to tell us about his story and life so far. Welcome, Owen. Hey, Simon. How are you? Good, good. Welcome to the show. Great to be here. Thanks. You're our debut guest, the most important one. I hope this show is a success. Well, I hope so. This could be the one and only. <laughs> it's all good. Yeah, yeah. Don't worry. Well, and you know, it's compulsory on this show to have a, have a drink, even if it's Fanta or Coke. So you have a drink in your hand. So we'll do a cheers first. Cheers. Cheers. Clink, clink. We'll have to do, I'll have to get some sound effects for the clink, clink. So tell me on, how is at the moment for you, how is life? How's the weather? The weather? Life is okay right now. Um, It's busy. Uh, uh, It's really busy with the kids. And then, of course, we have coronavirus to deal with. Yeah, I've heard of it. A whole bunch of people want to come in and have a good time at Finnegan. So uh, it's between balancing all that out. It's it's not the easiest thing, but we get it done. Yeah, of course. Well, you're you're the best man for the job. You have lots of experience with those kind of people, no? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. And and don't worry, you can say an old fucking uh, bastard oh, here if you no, want. Because no, there's kids. Are, is, there, is the kids listening now? No, no, the kids are. They're not behind the couch. They're not behind the couch. Fuck themselves. So, <laughs> so don't worry about that. So, Owen, I'm going to start off first because um, obviously, for anybody that doesn't know you, I know you a little bit, I think. But for anybody that doesn't know you, um. Give us a little, like, when, when you're from the Ackle Islands, yeah? You're from the Ackle Islands. Not originally. I'm originally from County Westmead. Okay. At the, at the ripe old age of, I'd say, 15 or 16, I moved to Ackle Island from Westmead. And I, I, I met some great people there, so that really became my home then. That became. So let, let's let's go back to before Ackle then. Tell us a little bit about Westmead and, like, you were in your early teens. How was life there like that? Well, you know, being a teenager, listening to Nirvana and having good times, and yeah. going to school, you know, normal Midland Ireland teenage stuff. Yeah, yeah. You know. Yeah. And do you ever get back to Westmead now? Or I was back there, I'd say about, yeah, I was back there last year. And did you meet people you knew or was I it all distant? No, I did. I met some people that I knew and... Uh, you know, it was like, you know, a two-week visit, and all, you know, between Galway and Ackle and Westmead. We got it all in in about two weeks. So met ah, some people, brilliant. said hello, said goodbye, and, you know, there yeah. you go. Uh, and, of course, uh, there would be, even though it's Ireland, you would have different kind of people in Westmead as opposed to Ackle Island, no? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. And the, those people, like, wouldn't know each other. So when I do go back to visit, I'm visiting a lot of people. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And and tell me then, when you when you moved from you know Westmead to Ackle Island, was it more rural for you, or how yeah, was it? it was like going to going moving to the moon, because it was all 
you know, from Westmead in the middle of Ireland, then moving to the ocean. Very scenic and nice. But at the time, I didn't really want to go, but, you know, things were different then and I was forced to go. But uh, looking back on it, I'm glad I did because I met some of the I think my life just took off from there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. And was it, you know, like you were 15, 16, you said, so were you going into what, second year or third year in school? I was going to, I was, no, I was finished third year. I was going fourth year, I'd say. Oh, you wanted fourth year? Yeah, I did my uh, junior surgeon in Westmead and that was, that was that. And then I went, um, did some school in Ackle and and that was it. Then, then I, I, I was an actor for about, I'd say I was an actor for about two or three years, and then I moved to Galway City. Right, right. And then right. that's when the shit hit the fan, right there. That's when. That, well, <laughs> whenever anyone moves to Galway, the shit hits the fan, <laughs> whether they realize it or not. It's coming. It's coming. <laughs> so tell me, um, the the thing I'm kind of interested in is, you know, obviously. I remember when I was 10 years old moving to Galway, like the, to Curfin. And, you know, you're, it's a different place and you have to integrate. And, you know, you'll, you'll find some nice kids and some asshole kids. And so did you, when you came to Ackle and you went into the local secondary school, did people give you an easy time or was it a difficult time for you? Uh, it wasn't so bad. There wasn't too many, there wasn't too many kids. Um... There wasn't too many people on Ackle, so and I, I knew like my neighborhood people from Ackle, so it was okay. I didn't stay in school yeah. too long. You you became Mister Popular. I didn't stay in school too long. I'll just put it right. like that. I didn't stay yeah, in yeah, school yeah, too yeah. long. So what what did you like? What age did you leave school? Then did you did you leave school I'd in Ackle and go? I think I was sixteen. Okay, and what did did you go training or like do a course or? Yeah, I I uh, I had a few random jobs here and there. But then, like, really, everything kind of took off when I moved to Galway. Right, okay, okay. Ackle, I had a few jobs here and there, but yeah. nothing, you know, nothing nothing, yeah. nothing crazy, really. And and can I ask you, would you say in your mind that you left Ackle Island to go to America or you left Galway to go to America? Um, I left Ackle Island to go to Galway. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Yes, because. that's a bit of a different story. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then I left Galway to go to London. To London, okay. I don't know if you remember, Simon. Remember we made up this plan to travel around? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We, we, it's amazing when we look back, we all had great plans and they fell apart. And now we're well, looking back I now. Gonna, I was going to go with you to travel around Spain. Then something yes. happened. And then I had this passport and I'm like, well, I'm not. Simon's going off and I'm not going, so I'm going somewhere. So I went to London. Yeah. I think at that time I didn't go to Spain. I went to the Netherlands and around Europe. That's right. We were gonna go yeah, working. Yeah. yeah. We were gonna go we were gonna go busking and working and everything. Yeah. Yeah, but it never happened. But listen, we can we can do it, you know. We can get a couple of Harleys in a few years and do it, you know. Maybe we can do it when we're older, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, yeah, that's a few years yet, but <laughs> <laughs> When your beard is completely grey, we'll go, right? That's oh, yeah. Well, I'll shave it off before it does. Yeah, yeah. shave it off yeah. before that. Yeah. And yeah. Um, and t tell us then, you know, w what was your experience living in Galway? Did you really enjoy Galway? Was it a good time for you? Yeah, there? it was the best time. Uh, 
looking back and going away with the, some of the best memories. Crazy times, but good times all the time. Yeah, it, it, Galway, I think, you know, when I tell people in Spain about Galway, and I say to them, it's a very small city, but culturally it has it going on. I mean, there's so much happening there. And, you know, of course, now it could be different. It's, it's, and we, we can be a little bit nostalgic looking back. But, you know, it was a great city and it still is a great city. And, you know, students who go there now probably still have an amazing time and they make friends for life. And, you know, when you consider how we met, you were from Ackle and I would have never gone to Ackle at that time. And, you know, and all of a sudden there was this group of people from different places just kind of meeting up and getting drunk and getting high. And <laughs> that's exactly what was going on. You know, but I was, yeah. the only, I was the only one who had like a job. Everybody yes. else had no job, but yet they could afford to live. Yeah. You were very professional, I remember at the time. <laughs> <laughs> I remember, you know, being in an apartment and a room with five or six people wasted, stoned, whatever, and some sort of substances, and you would be ironing your shirt to go to Dunn stores. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 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 You know, you, you, yeah, no, you, I think what it was, I always remember you. You had you had the party mood, but then at a certain time in the evening or at nighttime, it'd turn off, and you'd get this like professional, focused mind, and you'd say, "I have to iron my fucking shirt," and you'd go and you'd iron your clothes. Well, I think everybody else was on the dole. I, I, yeah. for some reason, yeah. I wasn't on the dole. I just worked. I, I mean, you know, I just worked. You were like the father of the group. You had to go out and support everyone. Pretty much, yeah. I was having a great old time while I was doing my eight, nine, ten hours. Yes, of course, of course. And and, and that's the thing. And but it was good times looking back for sure. And tell me, so when you when you went to America, what, what year was that? When did you go? Um, ninety nine. Nineteen ninety-nine. Yeah. So you went just before the millennium vogue and the whole new millennium. Yes, I was in I wasn't in Ireland for the change of the currency. Or the whole, like, uh, yeah, the um, the Celtic Tiger. Okay. Maybe it is as well, because you wouldn't have been let down as, like, a lot of people were, I suppose. Well, I, and, yeah, yeah, I, I, yeah. Couldn't, I didn't know, I didn't, I, I didn't really, when I moved to America, I didn't really go back for a few years. So I, yeah. I, I didn't know what the Celtic Tiger was like. I heard everybody did good, but whatever. Yeah. And, you know, what was your what was your initial thoughts? Because I know you said, obviously, about traveling to other countries. But what made you decide, OK, I'm going to go to America? What what happened? Uh, pretty much. It was pretty much I came over here for a two week holiday. I was in London for a couple of years. OK. And my brother was living here. So I came over for a two week holiday. Where I, where were you living in London at the time? Where were you? I, in London. Well, see, I admit I, I spent. From 90, I'd say from 97 to 99, I was in London and I was going to go back home to Ireland. Right. And I said, before I do that, let me go have a holiday in America. And as go, you do. As you do. So I went, I came over here for two weeks and uh, had a great old time. And then just the night before I was supposed to leave, somebody offered me a job. So I took him up on the job. I had that job for three months, and then my visa was up. So between taking the job and hanging out here for three months, that's that sealed the deal right there. Right. Okay. So you felt then you felt as such that you were you know ready to 
kind of how will I put it? You Move know, stay there. The, yeah. Oh yeah, one hundred percent. Okay, I think there was a problem with the software or something. Yeah. Cool. Okay. All right. Sorry. So we'll cut that shit out. <laughs> cut that shit out. <laughs> so, um, what did I did it interrupt what you were saying? That'd be nice now, wouldn't oh, it? That'd be nice. Yeah. I think that. I think we'll have to have an off-camera one of those soon. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I have. I might have something somewhere. No, you never know. So you do. <laughs> <laughs> I actually have to plant some out the back. That's what I have to do. Yeah, and there's nice Madrid weather. Nice. Well, the, actually, the weather is really bad at the moment in Madrid. Oh, really? Rain and well, it was raining for the last two days, so it's a bit miserable. You know. Oh, it's nice here. It's 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 not cold. It's not warm. It's just like nice temperature. And um, where were we? I don't know. What were we saying? Yeah, so you were saying um you were saying about you were in London and you 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 were there for a couple of years and you were what were you working at in London? Uh, working in bars. Working in bars in London. Right. It was shy. And we it was shite shite work, no? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just all bad all 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 shite. <laughs> as happens yeah would you say though when you left london you were a very experienced barman or you were in shitty jobs no no very experienced but uh, i went to like oh yeah i was sent so i came over to usa for a two-week holiday i came to brooklyn to visit my brother and yeah on the last day before i was supposed to leave somebody offered me a job for three months so i took the job and i stayed for three months i had a great summer for that summer for the summer of 99, I had a great three months uh, and like having lunch on top of skyscrapers. My job was a weird job, but it was a fun one. And then when I got home, I'm like, oh, no, yeah, no, can't yeah. do it. Yeah, can't do it. Yeah, no. And and when you went to America that time, was um, was it, you know, you, you had your brother, Paul, was it? Yeah, or yeah. You had your brother there. So Paul was there. And did you have any other friends there? No, knew nobody. No, no that's, what, nobody. that's what I liked about it. I knew nobody and nobody knew me. Right, <laughs> right, right. So it was like a new start for you. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. But was it, would you say the difference between Ireland and then London and America, was it a big culture shock still or were you prepared for it? Um, it that's a good question. I, I, That's a good question. Was I prepared for it? Yeah, I guess I was. Being in London, a big city like London, that did prepare yeah. me for a big city. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Of course, of course, of course. And tell me, like, you know what? Because obviously, when you went over, you know, they didn't give you the green card leaving Heathrow. No. Um, so, so like, what hurdles did you kind of overcome and face? I mean, being being an illegal for a few years there. Um, the same amount of hurdles that other people would face mm. uh, when they come here and you know don't have a green card or something yeah but but you never had to resort to like measures like driving across Canada in a boot or nothing <laughs> no 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 <laughs> no 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 <laughs> there, there's certain people we know that have taken extreme measures <laughs> well 
this interview is between you and I, Simon, right? Yeah, of course. We're not of interviewing course. anybody. No, no, right now, we'll, we? never, we'll, we'll never name names, but they can have a laugh when they listen to it. <laughs> you know who <laughs> you are. You know who you are, yeah, you know who you are. But but did you ever, you know, did you ever have any sticky situations with, like, customs immigration when you were in the no, States? No, You were lucky? Yeah, just, just, I worked. Yeah, yeah, you you stayed out of the limelight enough not to be noticed. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah, you're the fella that's on the floor dancing, and once the light comes round to him, he's gone. That's it. That is <laughs> <Yeah>. it. <laughs> that's you. You. Okay, that's cool. And uh, you know, you say you went in '99, so obviously the big thing was in in 2000 and or, or 2001, wasn't it? The the nine eleven. Yes. Yeah, so how how was it being there for that, and how did that impact on you? Oh, that was that was not a, not not great memories of that. Uh, I remember I was in Brooklyn that day, and we could literally walk to the pier from our house and just look over into Manhattan and see, you know, see the embers and the fires and stuff like that. Um, yeah, because it was kind of early in the morning. It was like 9, between 9 and 11. Yeah, wasn't yeah I got woken up. by My brother was supposed to go to South America that day. And he uh, obviously didn't end up going, but he just woke me up and he just told me to come down and we put the TV on. It was crazy. Like at that time you were there for what, maybe a year or two years, no? Yeah, I was there two years. Yeah. So were you part of an Irish community or did you were you more into the did you have a lot of American friends? Um, well, the bar that I worked in was in Midtown Manhattan. And yeah. So I, I was at a community of like bartenders and and service people from Ireland in the service industry. Um, pretty much working like you'd you might start in the evening at six o'clock and then you'd work right through to four a.m. So, you know, you Kind of sleep during the day and work all night. That was our, that was our yeah. gig for a bunch of years. So you know, to get woken up at like nine thirty in the morning is like you know, <laughs> just really going to yeah. bed at nine thirty. You know, yeah, you, you don't like that. That's what I'm saying. It's it's uh, nine o'clock. Is you'll be just getting in under the covers rather than getting well, up. Yeah, I'd be I'd be just maybe in bed like maybe three hours. Uh, yeah, I'd be you know you finish at four. Get home maybe half five, get to bed at six. So yeah, half, you know, yeah. you'd work six nights out of seven or seven nights. Uh, five five nights, two nights. Off. Five nights, okay. And so th- those nights off would be for resting or partying. Uh, one night for partying and one night for resting. Okay, or maybe okay, two yeah. nights for partying and no time for rest. <laughs> no time resting in the bar when there's nobody there. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> now the old guy. Great times. Great times. And uh, was it a case of, you know, did you have a kind of routine every night when you finished? Like if you finished at six in the morning or five, whatever yeah. time, but depends on the bar. Did you have a routine where you'd go for breakfast then or you'd wait? No, we'd just go home. you go home, yeah. Because I suppose going for breakfast and stuff, you couldn't do that every morning or your wages wouldn't be worth nothing. <laughs> well, you'd be the size of a small elephant if you went yeah, exactly. and then straight to bed. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> and you must have some great stories, obviously, you know, having worked in because you worked in Chelsea and Midtown Manhattan and all these different places, didn't you? In, in New York. Yeah. All over. All over. You, na- you name it. I worked in there. Whether I got fired or I liked it, I worked there. 
<laughs> Tell us about your worst job. Tell us about the worst job you had and the worst experience, like uh, the worst boss. Oh, in 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 New York. Ah, uh, there was one guy. There was one guy that I worked for in the Pig and Whistle. He was a right dick. He was Irish guy too. His name was uh, I think a Limerick guy. What a dick that guy was. I think his. He said he owned the pig and whistle, but I think he was just like, you know. Leasing it or something. No, he, or... he was like sniffing arse of the guy who did own it. And oh, okay, okay. So I forget his name, but he was a dick. Anyway, I did a great job. And then he let me go because he wanted to hire a girl with with all those other parts, you know. So Right, right. You and, didn't have them at the, t- yeah, at the time. <laughs> <laughs> You're still working I'm to get them. I'm trying to forget his name. I'd like to call call it out on air. Yeah, fucking yeah. Name. well, fucking well, yeah. What's uh, Kieran? Somebody? I don't know. If if you remember it, we'll try and broadcast down Limerick. Oh, might try, be... please broadcast it. Pig and whistle, Midtown Manhattan. What a dick. Yeah. Wow. Okay. So yeah. Kieran from the Pig and Whistle, Midtown so Manhattan, around around house. around two thousand or something. He was a bit of an asshole. Yeah, if, that, if you're out there, Kieran, yeah. call us right now. Yeah. Call us right now. Where There's no I, number. And last I heard, the the, the pig, that Pig and Whistle closed down. So he did a great yeah. job. Well, you know, they didn't know what they they lost when they kicked you out. And 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 what about tell us. The clients you meet in those bars, you know, you can meet all sorts of drunkards and, you know, did you like, was it, did you ever go to mad parties where you felt like I shouldn't be here? Oh, yeah. Yeah. All the time. But I didn't, I didn't feel like I shouldn't be there. I, I, <laughs> <laughs> you felt like you should be there. Exactly. No. Yeah. It was, it was a good time. It was a good time. Yeah. But it was just a lot of work, like six, five nights a week till different time of the morning. I remember one bar I worked in, I met the band Biffy Clyro. Oh, Biffy Clyro, yeah, yeah. from Wales. Yeah, no, from Wales, no? Scottish. Oh, are, yeah, Scottish, you're right. Sorry, no, I met Scottish, them, right. I met them one night. Yeah. This is like, oh my God, this is, this could be 2000, uh, oh my God, I 2000 and something. Anyway, they were playing and they were, I was working in a bar at 25th Street, 3rd Avenue called Fitzgerald's and it was yeah. a small 500... 500 person seat venue around the corner. Okay. So they came in and like, you know, they were obviously like, I'm like, oh, I was a bartender and I'm like, oh, guys, you're on the holidays or what's going on? And they're like, ah, oh, kind of a working holiday. And then we're, and they said they were playing the gig. Oh, good. Oh, what's the name of the band? And they're like, Biffy Clyro. And I'm like, ah, oh, good. Never heard of you. Very good. Yeah. Yeah, I'm sure I'll hear of you. I'm sure I'll yeah. hear of you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's cool. brilliant. We drank lots of tequila together. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I, you know, from what I've seen of them in interviews and stuff, they seem like nice guys, and you know, so that was cool. Yeah, they were, and uh, they, were, they came in uh, like two or three nights in a row. We had crack, we had a laugh. It was. Good. Did, did you get? Did you go to see no, them again? See, they, they invited me, but I, I'm working. Yeah. Like, what am I going to do? Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, take a, take a night off. Huh? No, I couldn't get it off. Couldn't get no. it off. No, 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 no. And and but but you know, I'm sure obviously in the New York bar scene, you will meet all sorts of people and you'll meet people who are very nice and assholes and so on. But did you find that you know you if you started in one bar that the 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 clientele would be more higher upper class or did you find differences in some bars like this? Uh, um, it, yeah, it was just depending on what neighborhood you worked in. 
Right. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Certainly dependent yeah. on the neighborhood and what area of town you were in. But like the you know the back then this this there was plenty of work. Like plenty yeah, plenty, yeah, yeah. plenty of work. Yeah. yeah. And and uh, your your brother what give a shout out to your brother. His bar is his bar is on his bar is called St. James Gate. And it's on 81st Street on Amsterdam Avenue in Manhattan. Yeah, and I've been there with Owen once, so it's a really good bar. Yeah, really nice bar, yeah. really good. And and his brother Paul is a good guy, you know. He makes you feel welcome. So if you're ever on that side of town, you have to go to New Jersey first. But if you miss New Jersey, <laughs> go to St. James's Gate, you know. You have to go. So listen, um, let's... Um, Let's talk. We'll go back. To, well, we're going to come back to your bar later. You know, I want to hear all about your bar and everything. But let's talk just on a more serious note about America right now. Because I, now what? Now you're there 22 years now or 21 years? Yeah. 21 years. Exactly. So, yeah. How has it has it changed for the better or for the worse for you? For me personally, it's changed for the better because I'm like doing better. But yeah, in society, um, well, it's funny times we're living in now, um, and I haven't been in Manhattan this year at all. Wow, in in the whole year, wow. Yeah, I haven't been in Manhattan, even though it's like twenty, it's like ten minutes away from me. That's crazy. And I haven't been in Manhattan at all. Wow. So, is it, it for you? Are you just kind of avoiding it because of the coronavirus? Yeah. Or? Yeah. Yeah. I, I, yeah. I've been out to Brooklyn. I like. I, I drive past it, and uh, but I just have no reason to to be like you're taking public transport right now. It's just you know people Nightmare. aren't doing it right now. You know. Yeah, and uh, do you feel, you know that? not to use too many big words, but do you feel like the whole fabric of society there is kind of going downhill with all of the hate and Black Lives Matter, you know, all of this kind of uh, hatred towards each other? Do you feel that's kind of affecting everything? Hmm, that's another good question. I, there is elements of it, but then the, on yeah. the other side, there's elements of a lot of positivity as well. Yeah, of course. Yeah. but But, you know... Being a barman and being a bar owner, you always get different people sitting at the bar and, you know, you can get a guy that can come in and he can be the nicest guy in the world or seem like that. But after, you know, six Jack Daniels and, you know, seven beers, yeah, maybe. I've, I've he... had them in quite recently and they're a Scottish yeah. couple and what a fucking nightmare. Oh, yeah. And they start spouting, you know, oh. they start saying. Like, you know, this fucking country and these people and so on. Well, so well, once, people can change. People can change at the bar. Once they yeah. hear that, then they're asked to leave. Yeah. So do you, do you find, though, because you'd have a lot of similar people coming to your bar, but do you find then that as people get drunker and they start talking about the politics in America and, you know, the, the whole Black Lives Matter, do you find that there's always lots of different views and people are on both sides of the fence? No, not 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 where I am. Right. Okay, that's good. Not where I am. Yeah. I think everybody's on the same page where I were in a particular part of New Jersey where I am. Yeah. And, and I suppose the thing about New York and New Jersey, like New Jersey would be maybe more working class than New York, but the thing is that you know, it's kind of ethnically it's mixed and it has been for years New York. So maybe in other parts of, you know, America 
things are more heated and there's a big divide between community. But maybe in New York, New Jersey, it's different. I think, I think, uh, uh, like they call it the tri-state area, New York, New yeah. Jersey, and Connecticut. We're yeah, kind of, yeah, we're kind of the same. We're we're very democratic and uh, realistic. Right, 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 right. Cool, cool. And you know, obviously. Obviously, with the elections coming up and Mr. Trump and Mr. Biden, do you, you know, November third, 4th, third. isn't it the elections? Third, third, sorry. So now do you feel like, you know, are things heating up as regards the presidential campaign? How, what, what is it like there right now? Well, it's, you know, when you watch the news, it's, listen, over here, it's channel one and two. One, one being pro-Trump and the rest is like, not against, but like the other ones don't lie basically you know yeah 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 and and it's it's hard to know what to believe and not if no i mean come on i mean it's funny i can say to you do you feel that when biden gets in but i mean nothing is guaranteed because we know with you know fixing elections and corruption anything can happen (laughs) yeah so i mean nothing's going to be resolved until and i guess november 3rd 4th or 5th and you will know We'll know for sure, but I mean, it's like, yeah, because for me and and you know a lot of people in Europe watching this, you kind of feel like Trump has so done so much, so much that damage. there's no way he can stay in. Yeah, he's done so much damage that there's no way he can stay in power, and there's no way people can vote for him. But it's amazing how many you know Republicans are out there that obviously they feel Trump has done good for them, and maybe they don't greed, care about greed and power. Yeah, That's what it is. Yeah. people are selfish yeah. and they got to live with that. With the with the COVID-19 and the coronavirus, do you think it's a situation that, you know, America is going to recover yeah. from, even if Biden gets in? Do you think that, that he'll do, do a good yeah. job if he gets um, in? With- yeah. Regardless, yeah. Um, you know, if Biden gets in, then things will change and, you know, it'll be taken more serious because now it's like, now, you know, Trump is telling people it's all nonsense and don't listen to this person, yeah. don't listen to that. I mean, even yeah, after he got I mean, it, it's a joke. It's, yeah. it's laughable right now. So, you know, it's yeah, yeah. right now in here, it's kind of up to each individual to do the right thing. And majority of people are doing that. Yeah, yeah, I suppose. Yeah, that's good. And I mean, you know, the way Trump has handled everything, I suppose... The thing is, it's no harm somebody else coming in. Even if they, some people don't feel he's the right guy, it's better than what's there. And I think at least if if Biden can come in and bring those numbers down, because, you know, it's up, it's like 220,000 two, two, or something two, now, isn't it? Two, two, two. Really? Yeah. Wow. It's crazy. Yeah, that's, that's crazy. a crazy and, number. Uh, you know, he like Trump right now, he's having rallies where they're, no distancing, no masks, no nothing. So, like, it's just, uh, you know, you know, you're 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 putting yourself at risk if you attend these rallies and stuff. Stupid. Yeah, yeah. How, what what kind of restrictions do you have at the moment in New Jersey? And uh, restrictions, not much. I mean, like, not you much. Know, okay. You know, in this town where I live in Hoboken, it's like you gotta. You know, you got to keep your six feet between people, social distance, wear a mask. You know, it's not easy and people forget yeah. after a few beers or whatever. But, you know, you just got to yeah. keep the got to keep it cool. And I can only allow so many people in my. So, but what are the restrictions? 
there is none. Just wear a mask and wash your hands as often as possible. Yeah. But but when the people are at the bar, in, in your bar, can they have the mask off the whole time they're drinking or only as they're taking a drink? Or what yeah, is, so, is it? Okay. Is it de- so um, so out, we have outdoor area. We've sit down area for, yeah. for like say 50 people outside. Okay. And they can, you know, I have all my tables arranged six feet apart. And they can have table of two, table of four, table of six. Um, and they can have their masks off. If they walk into the bar or go anywhere in the bar to use the restrooms, masks on. If you're dining right, inside, okay, okay. Sorry. if you're dining inside, you can take your mask off when you're seated at your seat. But if you get up to walk around or do anything, you got to wear your mask. Yeah, well, well, what we, it's what we have in Spain here at the moment is kind of this system where it seems to be the everything is locked down. But if it's something you can spend money in, oh, you can wow, go and isn't do that it. Convenient. So yeah, I think around the world, governments are kind of saying, "Oh, you need to be safe. You need to do this, but you need to keep spending money." That's that's important. So let's talk about your family and stuff. Uh, so you have two kids. Tell us about your uh, kids. I have. Uh... My son, Ronan, he's 12. And my daughter, Fiona, she's nine. And oh, brilliant, brilliant. And are they disrupted a lot by what's happening at the moment or is it um, affecting them? They're disrupted. It's not like negatively affecting them. They're pretty positive kids. So they're just getting on with it. They, they understand exactly right. what's going on. So they're, they're, they're pretty good about it. That's good, good. So do you think... Uh, so you, Monica's your wife and she's from America, so... Do you think that, like, as a family, do you think that it's affected your your all of your mental health and stuff? Do you think it's affected you in any way like Not that? Not negatively. Um, I wouldn't say in a negative way at all. It's just look at this is this is the way it is. This is what's happened. So yeah. And and let's let's. Uh, I want to get off this whole coronavirus because it's a pain in the ass. But I have to ask the question I, because I just got I'm a coronavirus a con- test today. You know that, Simon. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah! You told me got, that actually before we did the thing. So what, what, t- tell us for for the the listeners in in uh, <laughs> listening out there. Tell us for all you guys out there in Radio like, Land, your Radio Land or, or oh, Podcast know, Land or whatever you know. Right. Yeah, what 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 did it entail? Like, was it a blood test? Was it a swab in your yeah, nose? Swab in the nose. So I waited outside this particular building for about an hour. And um, really? it was kind of first come, first serve. So I waited for about an hour, took the test. Lady was very nice, gave me a conver- quick conversation, took his nose swab. I got the results 15 minutes later over email. And that was it. Done. Well, that was fast. So the, the first question I have to ask you was the swab no, sore in your nose? Not at all. Not at all. Because I haven't actually had a test, even though I had COVID. But the, the problem in Spain was they didn't have any tests here. So... It's one of those things where, you know, some countries are well prepared and others don't want to spend any money. But the thing is, 15 minutes, that's very fast. And when you were saying it didn't hurt, I know some people who've had the test done recent weeks and they said, oh, it's quite uncomfortable going up yeah, your nose and everything. But for this, you, it was. This was my third test. And the first two, they kind of went back a little bit. But this one was the one. I- there was yeah. just went around the nostril and that was it. And and do you mind if I ask you, is that like was it obligatory or did you do I it for your it own for my own kind of, well, for my own peace of mind? Yeah, peace of mind. Right. Okay. And, and 
like I have to explain to the you know the listeners as well that to, we were actually supposed to have this podcast earlier today. We we're supposed to do this <laughs> recording, but Owen chose his life and well-being over the show. So I'm a bit disappointed in that because he said to me, "Oh, listen, I can't do the interview because I have to go and do a, a test." And I was like, "Come on, Owen, which is more important, the show well, hopefully or your we life?" Can do this interview so he, in person someday. <laughs> Yeah, well, hopefully, yeah. I mean, this is only a stopgap, as they say, you know. Um, I, we're, 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 uh, it looks like on the screen we're sitting side by side, but I hope to be sitting across from you soon. And, you maybe, know, and, yeah, and, yeah, and, like and maybe six feet apart is pretty good right now. Yeah, well, yeah, that's going to be a tough one, actually. Yeah, six feet apart. That's going to be a tough one. So, listen, let's get round. Um, oh, yeah. I, I wanted to get, I wanted to get off the whole coronavirus, but I have one question. That I have to ask yeah. you, right? Do you feel in any way that it's a natural thing or do you feel that it's man-made? For the conspiracy theorists out there. Oh, is it man-made? Do you think, is it, is it like engineered? Mm, I didn't really put a lot of thought into it, but listen, I wouldn't be surprised. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised. Right. Am I going to lose any sleep over yeah. where it was manufactured or actually what happened? No. But I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah. Well, you know, the great thing about conspiracy theories is once once somebody says it's a conspiracy theory, then nobody's ever going to believe it, you know, even if they have the utmost proof. So that I think that will always be up on the conspiracy theory shelf. They'll say, yeah, it was man-made in China and so on. And well, we'll never know. Somebody we'll never know. Somebody or something. I really don't know. That was Ozzy Osbourne. Wow, that was the good old days. That was the good old days, lads. <laughs> so listen, let's um, let let's let's change the the topic a little bit and let's get onto your bar because, I mean, you're you're running a really good bar there. I've been in your bar. It's a great place and great vibe, great atmosphere. How did you get started with your own bar? Tell me, tell me how you made that decision to go from from the the the. The lackey, the man making money for the other guy, to the the jefe, the boss. How did you get that? <laughs> well, it was just a matter of time. Just a matter of time. Yeah, I worked for twenty years for various other people, and and Manhattan was great and all. But I kind of at the same time, I've kind of always wanted to have like, you know, a local pub in a nice nice town, and I was just unfortunate enough to live in a town that's really happening and it's a good time and it's really near Manhattan. So so there you go. So I, I you were you were actually living in Hoboken. Yeah, at living the time, in Hoboken at the time, which is right across this this river from Manhattan. Living there, so checking out the neighborhood and an opportunity came my way and I pounced on it. That's it. Brilliant, brilliant, yeah. And what what year was that? When did you start your own bar? 2000, so seven yeah. years now, yeah? Okay. And was it, you know, because obviously, you know, even though you were working very hard and, you know, you've probably money put aside for it and everything, but it's still quite brave, I mean, to take on a big business like that because you have bonds and you have, you know, big bills before you even open the doors. Yeah, yeah? I got loans. I borrowed money from various people. Uh, yeah, yeah. It was just it was a risk. Like, is it going to work? I don't know. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, I, I, and I'm sure you have worked with other guys and girls who did the same thing and maybe failed. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, hundred percent. 
would you say there's a high or low success rate for people opening their own bars in New York? Uh, it depends on your mentality. I mean, if you've got nothing like, for me, it was like nothing else. It was like, it's either this or else. Yeah, go back to back what it was. To working for somebody else and losing, the, losing everything I have. Yeah. And, and did you, you know, because your brother, because your brother had his bar open since when? Oh, when he opened Paul up opened his oh bar. Oh, my God. I'd say 2010, maybe. Right. So so do you feel that you kind of learn things from him and what not to do, maybe, and stuff? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. But that was good. I mean, it's good to have, like, it's good to have a friend or a family member who's already gone through it and you kind of maybe hear what myself, they say. My wife, Monica, we, we, we got, we, we did it together. We go, and, and Monica's right, father right. was very, yeah. very handy with some carpentry. So we, we made it look as best okay. we could. And I, I guess I just made connections throughout the years of me, me starting in 2013. Yeah. Yeah. And that helps because when you know people who can help you at the start and, you know, through the journey, I mean, it makes it a little bit easier. Oh, hundred percent. No? Yeah. Um, for sure. For sure. And, 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 uh, if I tell me what, what thing, this is a question. It's a bit cliche, but what thing do you wish you had known when you started it that you know now? Oof, that's another good question. Um, what did I, what did I wish? I know? Um, well, you know, they, there is another saying that you, you'll never work as hard for anybody else as you will for yourself. And this yeah, is course, I find it out to be very true. Um, you know, it's all it's all on me, you know, between paying all the bills and and keeping the doors on and staff and food, the this, that. It all has to be done yeah, yeah, yeah. all the time. But but you have you know, you know, from visiting your bar, you have you have a, I found you have a great attitude at the moment when you are balancing your family and the bar in the sense that a lot of other bar people and people who've started bars, whether it be in Ireland or New York or Ackle or wherever, they fall to the demon drink. You know, they, uh, they fall by the wayside and they can't handle it. Yeah. yeah. I mean, because, you know, you, like for you, you're a barman and you're flogging that stuff every day, but it's literally like being the drug dealer on the corner if you do it the wrong way because it can take you with it, no? Yeah, yeah, it can. But I've never, like, listen, who doesn't enjoy a drink, but... I've seen on your um, Instagram and uh, Facebook accounts and everybody can check out Finnegan's Bar, uh, Finnegan's Pub, sorry, Finnegan's Pub uh, on Facebook and Instagram. And I've seen, like, you you have some craft beers and stuff. Are they from small-time breweries yes, or what's I, the situation? I, so there'd be one, like... There'd be one like craft craft distributor, so they right. would like get all the beers from all the small breweries. So I'm not really, I'm okay. not really going to. I'm not. I'm kind of going to one person for all the like you know cool craft beers. Yeah, yeah. What's your big seller at the minute? Right now it's called Cane. Cane, like Cane and K A N E. They do great beer and it sells and um, it's delicious. And is it, it like an IPA a, yeah. or what kind of beer is it? Really? So do you find the IPAs are the bigger sellers yes, in the craft definitely. beers? Yes, IPAs, um, cane beer, IPA uh, from New Jersey, big seller, big business, big seller. And what about, you know, what about with your, 
you know, Guinness and... Uh, Guin- I, I'm, buying, I'm buying lots of Guinness. Guinness is the biggest seller in my pub. So, listen on, let's, let's talk about the music. I'm, go- I'm not going to keep you for too much longer, but let's call, talk about the music. Because, you know, you have some great bands in there. And, you know, um, first of all, before we talk about the bands, what, what kind of music did you start listening to when you were younger? Yeah, younger, Rage Against the Machine, Nirvana... Pretty much everything. I, I kind of liked everything. Yeah, yeah. And and now, what kind of stuff uh, do you listen French to now? Machine, Nirvana, pretty much everything. Listen, <laughs> <laughs> you, you should buy a new sound system. <laughs> have you have you heard about Spotify? <laughs> no, I, I, I you, listen to everything. Have, I mean, you still have the same well, tapes. No, I lost them all. I lost them all. But the 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 biggest when you came over across. Customs that were two hours checking your tape collection. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you're you're kind of listening to the same kind of stuff. But do you, do you find that you know you've um, you're as you get older, you're not getting old, but as you get older, do you find that you're getting your taste is getting more mellow, or it's still the same? Yeah, definitely more mellow. But just any genre of music, I'm I'm into big time. Yeah, cool, cool, and so. You know, and and like nobody knows this maybe, but Owen plays a bit of music to himself, and he he. Uh... Well, I have my guitar. I actually have my guitar with me. If if you if if you want, yeah, definitely. Here we are. Owen is back again with us. Um, he grabbed his guitar. So Owen, so how long have you been playing guitar? You know, I only picked it up when I did move over here. Somebody gave me a guitar, in back in two thousand. With a, right, uh, right. Somebody gave me a guitar, a Spanish guitar was like a. Yeah, and yeah. with a, a sheet, a sheet of paper with like five guitar chords on it, and I've I've taken it up since then. I still can't play, or don't know wow. what I'm playing, but it sounds right. Yeah, and because you know the the story is me and Owen. You know when when I started out as a busker, Owen, I was like Batman, and Owen was my Robin <laughs> because he he'd say to me, "I'm going to come out with you tonight," and he was he was a dab hand at the bongos and. Uh, he was like my percussionist, you know. I was like Paul McCartney with wings. I would, I had wings, but I only had one, and it was Owen. <laughs> so I should have been just called Wing, uh, Wingman, you know. Um, yeah. So Owen would come with me, and he would play the bongos in the street. And I always remember he had a hoodie, and he used to I put it up over his head, crack. and he was like, "Yeah, he was like the biggest drug dealer in Galway playing bongos." <laughs> He had this special hoodie that would cover his face, and he was in Wembley every time you put it on. So, do you, do you still play the bongos yeah, or sometimes? No, I no no. I play a little percussion at the bar with some when when somebody have acoustic acts. I'll go up with the snare drum and play with brushes. Yeah, yeah, brilliant. So, what are you going to play for? I'm going to play an original play? song. It's called "Loves Around the Corner." Brilliant. Let's hear it. Let's hear it. Tied up, tied down, turned around. 
But I know love's around the corner Waiting for me Yeah, love's around the corner Waiting for me Can I sit down beside you Every day can wake up long have nothing to say I've been tied up tied down turn around but I know love's around the corner waiting for me And really nice. That's really nice. I remember. I remember you played that song for me once. I played that to my for my cleaner. <laughs> That's <laughs> right. That you know. I, I'm going to tell that story because once I was in the bar with Owen, and it was like six in the morning <laughs> or something, and I think we had been to uptown, midtown, downtown West, Manhattan, you... all of the, oh, yeah, all of those Trump Tower. You know everything. We had been all over New York. And I was trying to go home, and then we remembered Owen had a bar. <laughs> so, so you know, when 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 you're you can't get fish and chips at six in the morning, and your friend has a bar, you take advantage of this. And I kind of pushed him in the door. I think he didn't want it. He was like, "No, we can't go into the bar. It's it's unprofessional." But we went in, and of course, we sat at the bar and we had a nice quiet beer, as you do at six after six a.m. after having twenty five <laughs> beers. <laughs> and uh, 
Owens Cleaner walks in and she's, what was her name? Maria, yeah, Maria. what was her name? Yeah, and, you know, because I speak some Spanish, I was speaking Spanish to her and Owen was singing and I didn't tell Owen she was there. He didn't see her. And Owen, Owen saw her then he said, I can't sing in front of the cleaner. And I was like, why? Why, why not? She's a woman. She, she, you know, she probably loves music. And so he kept playing and she gave her a big clap at the end and she said, Que bueno, que bueno, está bien, muy bien, muy bien. She was like, you know, giving it, giving it everything. And, you know, it was great. I mean, she loved it. So it's a good song. It's a great song. Are you, are you, uh, do you when did you write that song? How many years 2013. ago? 2013. Oh, so like yeah, around the time you exactly. opened the bar. I wrote it in the bar. And, and do, do, you ever, do you ever write any other songs or? I've got lots of songs. I've got about maybe fifteen original songs. Wow! And did you do you do you play them sometimes uh, in the bar? Yes, mostly open mics. Oh, brilliant, brilliant, yeah. So listen, I have a last last few questions for you. I'm going to let you go. So here, here you see, here you said, if you could look back and talk to your 18 year old self, what would you say to him? Um, don't work too hard. Don't work, don't too, work hard. too hard. Well, or, I don't know. No, that's not good advice. Well, well, maybe you wouldn't be where you are if you didn't work maybe, too hard. Maybe, maybe I could be in jail. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think the new saying is "work smart, not hard." Yeah, but but it, but it's funny because when we were younger, nobody ever said "work smart, not hard." So I mean, it's not it. It does. You don't have to be Einstein to think of that. But nobody ever. Nobody ever Arts said this. In, car- in carpentry, <laughs> measure twice, cut once. But I always say. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> or as or as my boss said to me in the first few weeks I was trained to be a carpenter, he said, You're like lightning. You never strike twice in the same place. And he was talking about my hammer skills, you know. So listen, yeah, okay. And here's the thing, right. Do you ever see yourself coming back to Ireland to live, like even yeah. in retirement, or do you yeah, think two you do? Of the year. Oh, so oh, it'd be 100%. a seasonal thing. Right. Okay. But I mean, you could never see yourself settling no. there full time. No. No. And is that more to do with the weather and stuff? Or it's not so much to do with the weather. I think I just want to just like two months here, two months there, couple months here. Let's yeah. But, but but when when you're when you're sixty five and maybe you know you're have sold the bar or handed on to your son or whatever maybe. And you say, okay, I'm going to, you know, go on a camping or driving in, in my RV. Do you think you go, you know something? I think I might like to move back to a college in Ackle on Keen For two Bay. months. Yeah. For two months only. For two months. Okay, even that, that's it. Right, maybe right, right, right. <laughs> and maybe two. And, and, and another, my last few questions now. What do you miss from Ireland that you can't get in America? Or like that you can't experience. What do you miss? I think most? I miss Aco a lot. I think I miss uh, uh, just the sense of it's a beach and it's kind of chilly and it's kind of nice and it's rainy. It's, yeah. I, I miss the. Yeah. I like the trad. These, you know, you when I was a kid, I didn't like trad at all. I miss yeah, that yeah. a lot. Uh, like I've grown to like it more over the years. Um, I kind of miss the crowd. Like miss the the waste. The 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 you know, a sense of humor, but otherwise, you know. Yeah, yeah, brilliant, brilliant. And and just on a side note, when was the last time you were in Ackle? I think last last year. I I, I don't know. I, I think it was last year. Yeah, okay, no, so it was it wasn't last too year. Long. We had a huge family reunion. It was great last year. Yeah, for brilliant. my brother's thing. Yeah, 
Brilliant. Okay. And my very last question of the night, Mr. Owen Finnegan, what are your ambitions for the future for, you know, for yourself? Uh, just to, to continue at Finnegan's Pub, maybe open up another pub somewhere else. Okay. In 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 America, in New yeah, York, and yeah. so on. Yeah. Um, yeah. I'm just trying. Not an apple. I would never say never. Oh no! Anything is possible. And can you can you like to finish off? What um, you know? What, what would you what what would you say to the people right now? What would what would you be your your final quote? Uh, no, just uh, just uh, just uh, uh, regarding coronavirus, it's going to pass. I predict this time next year. Where are we today? So it's going to be twelve months. So you know, just don't go down. Stay positive. Knuckle down. Stay positive. It's going to pass. It's, it happened before, before our lifetime. Hopefully, it won't happen again. And if it does, it'll be after our lifetime. But I really think it's going to pass, and we're going to come out the other side better and stronger. Brilliant. Thank you very much, Owen. It's been a pleasure talking to you, and uh, you know, you've given us some good advice. And, and tell all your listeners out there. And uh, uh, I, I, it's, it's not iPod. It's I what? It's, it's Podcast Podcasting. Tell everybody out there in podcast land, if you're ever in the event New York, New Jersey area, please come visit Finnegan's Pub, 734 Willow Avenue in Hoboken, New Jersey. The crack will be had. Pints again is flown. Music, good times. Do and come and enjoy yourself. Well, if I ever saw an American plug trying to fit into European socket, <laughs> that was it. <laughs> That was a good plug, and that's the way to do it. That's what we want, you know. Free advertising. That's what you want. Owen, thanks very much, and uh, it's been a pleasure talking to you as usual. And, um, you know, thanks for the song as well. Listen, that song, that song, could, I could have sang it better, and I need to restring the guitar. So don't worry, good. don't worry. Even if you had no strings, it would have sounded good. We're going to go on the fly with that one. Yeah, yeah. I, we'll edit it. Look, I'll put you in auto-tune, to tune the <laughs> shit out of it, and I'll, I'll put in a Stevie Wonder keyboard. And we'll make a remix of it. Simon, this is fun. Who's your next guest? Oh, I can't say. All, all, all I can say is that she used to be on Baywatch and she wears a red red uh, swimsuit. I can't wait. <laughs> it's a crab. It's a crab. It's a crab. <laughs> so listen, Owen, thanks very much. We appreciate it. It's been a pleasure. And uh, thank you very much, everybody, for tuning in. And we will see you on the next episode. And actually, the next episode is going to be with uh, Mr. Colin Farrell. He's a, he's a native of Tume, and uh, he's a, a man that maybe Owen doesn't know very well, but he, I know him pretty well, and he's a big advocate for stamp-out suicide, and he's doing a great job of um, preventing this in Ireland and England and all around the world, I think. So we're going to talk to him next week's episode. And But all I'd say, thanks very much to Owen. It's been a pleasure, and uh, we'll talk to you again soon. And always... You know, remember. Always look at the bright side of life. Look. Yes, look on the bright side of life. And uh, thank, thank you very much, guys. Good night. Cheers. Bye.